Jurors are like bewitched things, one night in the underground, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Roll call, please. Uh, President Ruiz? Here. Vice President Hom? Uh, board member Teague? Here. Sahiba? Present. Ariza? Here. Uh, Cisneros? Here. Curtis? Here. We have a quorum. Thank you. Um, let's move on to, do we have any agenda changes? No agenda changes by staff. Thank you. Moving on to non-agenda public comments, do we have any speakers list? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, Christopher Buckley. Christopher Buckley, Alameda resident, um, would like to make a recommendation when the planning board is reviewing documents that have gone through various revisions. It would, you know, one, it's good to have red lines showing the previous revision, as we've often seen. But if there's multiple revisions, it would be good if the subsequent revisions are highlighted in some way, like using double strikeout, double underlining, the attorneys know how this works. Uh, or maybe shading text that represents changes from the previous iteration. That's just a suggestion. Thank you. Thank you. Any other speakers? No, that's it. Thank you. Now let's move on to consent calendar. Do we have a motion? I, I have a question for the attorney. On a consent calendar, we normally do it all at once, but one of the items I have to abstain on. So how do we do that? You could either um, call it off the agenda and note your abstention then, or you could let the board know that you're planning to abstain on a certain item, and then we can just take it all at once, noting your vote. Okay. Uh, for the, maybe taking two separate votes. Um, do we have to, can we do it as two separate consent items or do we have to do it as call the item? I think we could do two separate votes. One vote for, there's two separate items, right? Yes, there's two items. So I think what we could do if uh, President Ruiz is open, just to call the vote for the first item and then call the vote for the second item. Thank you. That's proceed as such. Okay, so do we have, a, do I have a um, motion for consent calendar item 4A? I move approval of the May 22nd uh, minutes under the consent item. May 22nd, okay. Do I have a second? A second. Okay. <clears throat> All in favor? Aye. 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 Abstention? No? Okay. Motion passes. Do I have a motion for um, agenda item 4B on the consent calendar? I'll move to approve the minutes for June 26th meeting minutes. Thank you. Second? I'll second. Do we have any comments? I abstain you, okay. because I wasn't okay. here. All right. That's um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Abstention? Um, we have two abstentions. So um, the motion still passes. Yes. Okay, now let's move on to agenda item 5A. Do we have a um, staff presentation? Yes, uh, David Sablon will be giving the staff presentation. Thank you, uh, President Ruiz and members of the Planning Board. Um, David Sablon with the Planning and uh, Building and Transportation Department. Um, so tonight, staff is bringing forth uh, amendments to the city's objective design review standards. Uh, this process started at the beginning of the year, um, in initiated by Planning Board's uh, direction, um, uh, and progressed through the spring. Um, we actually had two uh, study sessions with the Historical Advisory Board and two other uh, meetings with the Planning Board. Um, on June 26th, the Planning Board uh, reviewed staff's uh, recommended amendments and provided direction on specific edits uh, to make before uh, adopting the new standards. 
Um, so um, I'm just going to kind of briefly go over some of the the, the major uh, edits that the staff, or I'm sorry, that uh, the planning board had directed staff to make. Um, first, staff has merged the two independent uh, multifamily and mixed use objective standards uh, and uh, the one and two family objective standards into one single document. Uh, it's now broken down into four sections and an introduction uh, section that dis uh, describes all the uh, applicability of the document, um, and then there's a section for uh, multifamily and mixed use developments, uh, another section for one and two family uh, developments, and then uh, the final section is uh, neighborhood context, which is uh, applying to all projects uh, within the traditional design area. Um, uh, staff was also uh, based on um, board direction, uh, exempted, uh, articulation requirements for elevations when uh, facing a narrow uh, passageway or, or walkway, uh, specifically the, the, the amended uh, standard now uh, exempts essentially walls that are within five feet of another building or uh, property line. Um, staff has made two clarifications uh, regarding balcony standards. Uh, first, staff has uh, redefined uh, uh, the balcony uh, uh, Re recess requirement uh, to clarify that a balcony first must be at least uh, 60 square feet with one dimension measuring at least five feet. Um, and then uh, the other, uh, based on that, the measurement of 25% uh, recess then becomes a minimum of 15 inches. Um, and then also uh, the other balcony requirement change was to set the minimum required uh, balcony railing transparency to 50%. Um, additionally, uh, staff has created uh, wayfinding program requirements for the campus style uh, exemption section. Um, one standard that uh, planning board uh, asked the staff to make that um, was kind of a, a new standard and not an edit of a, a previous standard uh, was raising, um, raising buildings for one and two family residences. Currently, uh, the objective standards allow for the golden mean ratio um, version of raising uh, raising buildings. Um, so uh, based on board direction, uh, staff has uh, added to that an option of raising one or two family residences to create a full new lower floor uh, where the main entrance and stairs are moved to the newly recreated lower floor. Um, some objective standards uh, staff is proposing includes uh, finished floor height uh, at or above grade, uh, seven foot six inch minimum ceiling heights for a new floor. Um, should be noted, um, staff, we chose this uh, rec uh, this. Uh, the standard as uh, to match up with the minimum required for the Cal California Residential Code for ceiling height. Uh, but it should be noted, um, as pointed out by uh, uh, one of our commenters, uh, architectural, um, Alameda Architectural Preservation Society, uh, that the uh, in the Guide to Residential Design, which we use for discretionary uh, review, uh, requires that the new lower floor match the height of the original main floor. Um, so I just kind of wanted to let the board know that. Um, before moving on. Um, and then finally, that all street-facing doors and entrances must be moved to the lower floor. Um, so those were, were the, the main changes. Um, primarily, you know, we're just here to kind of answer questions on that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. Thank you. Um, let's open up for board questions and then public comments and then board comments. Um, board member Teague. Yeah, I'd hope this had been dealt with. So I have a whole bunch, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought we had a, isn't there a minimum distance between buildings that is much larger than five feet? Is there, I mean, what is the, the uh, zoning standard building separation is, is typically larger than five feet? It's required to be six feet, um, but that can be uh, changed with, uh, with building official approval for a fire, uh, fire rating. So six feet is is what's in the code. What's in the code, which it's but it's not a, a set. It's not. It's something that can be uh, uh, basically waived by the building official. Okay. Uh, next question. And uh, sorry, board member Teague, and five feet separation is allowed in by building code. Five feet is allowed by, by discretionary code. review of the building. Not official. not zoning zoning code, but building code allows it. It just limits your amount of openings. That's okay. why the building official can waive that. Got it. Okay. Um, and just to be clear, if I may add, um, we're referring to separation of buildings on the same lot. 
Yes. Right. If and, adjacent and lot, then the standard side yard setback would be five feet and there'd be a 10 foot separation. Right. But, but in our zoning code, we do specify building separation on the same lot and that's six feet? Correct. Okay. Um, when we refer to all balconies on street facing building elevations, what do we mean by all balconies? Do we mean um, shared versus individual? So like if there's a common balcony versus an individual unit balcony, is that, do we, are we capturing all of those under, is that what we really mean? We, we mean individual, private, so the minimum, well, yeah, the minimum uh, balcony size kind of defines what the balcony is, and so. It, so we're we, not talking about common no. balconies here. Okay. Um, when we talk about the massing and the ability for upper stories and they uh, can't exceed 100% of the area plus any area of recessed porches, and we talk about second or higher, so if someone's doing a third story, and if there's a recessed porch on that story, how would that be handled? It would not be able to be over that? You see what I mean? Yeah. So in other words, they had a balcony on the second floor that was covered and they're going up. Can they cover that balcony as well? I, I would say no, not the way it's written currently. Okay, so the intent is to say no. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the board and batten, we allow architectural grade plywood. Why are we specifying the particular material? There are a whole variety of modern materials. Why are we specifying plywood? Uh, I believe that was uh, um, something that the historical advisory board had recommended, and so that's why staff proposed. You know, okay, so not necessarily a, a reason for it. It's just that's what was stated when it was given. Okay. On page 35, it seems like um, there was an item K on the previous version that talked about any other architectural feature or detail found on a reference, and it's not in the combined version. So if you look at the multifamily ODRS, page 31. I believe, yeah, uh, so K was for two, I think it was choose two different architectural features of uh, No, it, it had to do with, I don't have it exactly in front of me, I can pull it up. Okay, K is, it's a, any other architectural feature or detail found on a reference building and it's a checkbox. Describe what it is, yes, no, not applicable. Yeah, um, so staff's recommending removing that um, because it's, it's a little. Okay, but it's not marked in the red line, it's crossed out. Okay, yeah, there was some changes between the two, so some of the, the red lines didn't make okay, it. Okay, so you, staff is recommending to remove that, okay. That, those were my extra questions. Thank you very much, David, I appreciate it. Any other questions? Um, board member Cisneros. Um, yeah, thank you so much for the um, presentation. Um, a quick clarification question, and perhaps it's like a, a standard knowledge, but uh, what does non-internally illuminated directional sign means? Because when I read that, I think of like a neon sign, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, so it's prohibiting, um, you know, the, the can signs that you see at a, a shopping center where the, there's a light inside it shining out and creating the words, uh, you know, the, the, the sign itself. And so this would be either, you know, uh, you know, unlit and then you could have a light shining on it to make it visible as opposed to the light coming out of the sign. Thank you. Any other board questions? Okay, I have uh, two questions. One is um, on item number 9D. Um, it says this applies to, I believe, single family. Um, it says plate height. New upper story shall have the maximum plate height, not minimum, but maximum plate height of seven foot six. Um, 
may I under can you kind of give me the background on why we're limiting that? Since the building height is governed by other uh, zoning co-ordinance and we have other sections talk about overall building height, then why are we dictating the play, play height? Uh, well, yeah, that's something that's been in practice with the, with the planning division and discretionary design review to uh, limit, I guess, the impact of second story additions to uh, limit the overall height of the, the uh, second floor addition to the 7-6. Okay, so even if all things the still under, still fits within allowable zoning height, we are still going to limit that plate height. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would just add on to what David said. Um, the idea is to address a design issue. It's a massing issue. And so um, previous direction by historic advisory boards, planning boards, gave the idea that by limiting the um, height of the wall, that it would be a way to reduce massing of the second story. You could still have a roof that's taller. You could still have other sort of um, architectural treatment. But by um, we, we found it successful to on, on some buildings to limit the plate height to seven six, and that's. But it wouldn't work for Art Deco buildings. Uh, yes, for some buildings they wouldn't work, but mainly for additions on bungalows, things of that nature. So combination of rotating the gable, so you don't have a front-facing gable, mm -hmm. plus a reduced um, a plate height, um, kind of creates an addition that appears to just peek out of the uh, existing roof on the first floor. So it doesn't appear to be a looming second-story addition. Okay, thank you. And then the other question is um, regarding the raising, raising the building, I think, um, um, just that section, I think that's a new section that you added based on previous planning board comments. Yeah. Uh, my question is, so what you're saying that stair access directly to the new second floor, formerly first floor, is no longer allowed under any circumstances? On, on street-facing elevations. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So let's say if, if again, this is for single-family situation, not for multifamilies. Mm -hmm. if a, residents wants to raise the house just by a little bit on the on the basement level make that a first story with a minimum height of seven six while the new second floor has a higher ceiling the entrance can no longer go up to the second it has to go to the now lower first floor correct with a lower ceiling high yeah okay thank you Okay, with that, let's open up for um, public comments. Uh, we I have one speaker, this. Chris Buckley. I'm sorry? We have one speaker, Chris Buckley. Thank you. Christopher Buckley with the Alameda Architectural Preservation Society. Uh, can we start the screen share? Uh, we sent you a letter. I was going to go over some points in the letter. Actually, can we start with the other image on the screen share? Thank you. Um, I'll try to review the, some of these points. Um, going through the letter, item one, um, we noted the uh, issue with the uh, red lines not showing up entirely for the, one and two, for the uh, multifamily standards, as board member Teague pointed out. I believe that was the only discrepancy in the red line versus the um, combined uh, standards. Um, item two, um, concerning the lifting of an existing one-story building to two stories, um, the planning, it, we think that the planning board's intent, and so was the HAB's intent, was to, for these changes, to follow the provisions of the Guide to Residential Design, which was described in the staff report for the previous meeting. But there's now some discrepancies, which staff alluded to a couple of them. There's three of them. The Guide to Residential Design applies this only to Victorian and Colonial Revival. Some HAB members thought it's just not possible to do this properly with a bungalow. So we're asking that the, that the provisions in the Guide to Residential Design be preserved in these objective standards, particularly that one. The second one, if you lift the, second, the lower floor, it's only seven and a half feet, it's going to create some big design complications. Like if the upper floor is 10 feet or 11 feet, you have tall columns, you'll have to cut them off on the first floor. 
So the height should be the same as shown in the guide to residential design and in this diagram. Sorry, I'm trying to talk fast, it's so I'm choking. <laughs> um, third, the guide to residential design um, does not allow this where there's a one-story context. You have to set back the second floor. And that's been used for about 20 years in the guide to residential design, uh, not limiting it to, um, not allowing this for one-story context is inconsistent with that practice. Staff is concerned that if you put a building envelope provision limitation in these standards, that is really something that should be in the development regulations. But uh, the housing element discussion last year, AAPS was proposing that, to change the development regulations. And staff said, no, let's put, it, it better be in the objective design standards. So, uh, so we're, we're a bit confused there. Um, could I have a second image, please? This concerns the uh, item four in the letter, which we brought before, sorry for being so repetitive, but the idea of continuing lines from existing buildings to the new building, I think it's very important to maintain the integrity of a block face and to create a, you know, good relationships between buildings. This is in the Webster Street Manual. It's been there for 20 years. Uh, we had some specific text we're suggesting in the, the letter we sent. And so that's for your consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Any other no more, no more speakers. Thank you. Now that's open up for um, board discussions. Board member Teague. I'd like to thank staff and the boards that have commented on this and the various community members. Um, and I apologize that I wasn't here for the discussion, and so some of this may be new. Uh, when I was going through it. Um, there's some small things like on the adoption. Uh, we really should not call out the specific ones, but basically say it supersedes all earlier sets of objective design standards. Um, calling out the specific dates, if we miss one, then what, you know, what does that mean? Uh, as opposed to this supersedes all previous objective design standards. Uh, that that's a small thing the the balcony you know saying all balconies you know if it's the individual unit balcony versus some shared balcony if that's what we really want you know we should be clear and say this is the balcony for an individual unit not make it nebulous with the word all we should we should say individual unit balconies um, and if we want something for shared balconies we should do something about that. Or at this point, we might as well leave it all and in some future revision, change it as we have found in terms of the, um, the community developments that have shared balconies. Um, on page 15, just a small nit, and this, this is something staff can just fix, which is 6A1, we shouldn't repeat the word project because we already say the project, so it should just say complies with all Um, in terms of the massing, 7F, I think that if someone does have an enclosed uh, porch on the second level, they should be able to build over top of that as well, not have to set it back. So, you know, my suggestion would be plus any recessed porch on the next lower level as opposed to first floor, calling it out specifically. Um, I don't know if there was a discussion in terms of the uh, existing building has had its surface materials changed from the original and then requiring a new building to match what the original building was. Did you all have a discussion of that, President Ruiz? No, we did not. Okay. Not to my knowledge. So if, as Judith Lynch refers to them, an architecture building, which is they've removed all of the architectural features for the building on the, and now they're gonna build a new one, and it has to match what the original architecture was. That seems, it doesn't seem right to me. Um, I wanna build more housing that 
I think it would be optional. I don't know that I would require it, but I would like to hear from my fellow board members what they think about that. Uh, T, can you give me the page reference, please? Page 21, second paragraph of principles. And again, principles are not enforced. They're not standards, so. And in terms of the materials on page 23, when we talk about the board and batten, uh, I, I really don't like the word plywood being there, architectural grade material, because what if they have cement fiberboard? Um, when it's painted, no one's gonna know the difference between that and plywood. Uh, having to say that it must be plywood, um, I, I'm not really in favor of that. Just an architectural grade material. Thank you, uh, David, for pointing out that there was an additional um, removal of that item K. And I, I'm okay with that because it really wasn't very objective to begin with. It was kind of, yeah, I think that one would get questioned by the court. Um, in regards to the bungalows, I found it fascinating. We allow someone to build a second story on a bungalow, but we're being asked to not allow them to raise a bungalow. So you can have two stories, but you must build it on top of the bungalow versus raising the bungalow. And I kind of see that as that should be the same. So I'm not, I, I don't know that I support excluding bungalows from being raised. Um, I think President Ruiz brought up a very good point about if you raise anything, you have to relocate the doors and the stairs. And I would, I think that we should address that. So thank you very much for uh, indulging me on my comments late to the party. Thank you. Any other board comments? Seeing none, um, I have a few comments myself. Um, on page, sorry, the PDF page number is different. Page one, um, can you check the paragraph under um, applicability, the first paragraph? It seems that there are just a lot of um, parentheses, so that may be just grammatic clean up. It was a little more difficult to read. And um, so regarding um, um, paragraph 2A, 2A, you had a question about, um, I think board member T brought up about adjacency. My question is, what about, and you in 2A, you talk about, um, is this the right one? All buildings facades except site facades that are five feet or closer to interior site properties. I think the, the intent is visibility, whether the site elevation will be visible from the streets or not, or by you know other pedestrians walking by. Um, my house is a five feet, the site elevation of five feet to the property line, nobody can see it. And even, you know, my neighbors could barely see it if they opened up the window. So my question is, does that apply? Is it only for internal property or also to the site property too? I think that's worth considering. If the objective is to, you know, emphasize on areas that has high visibility. So I would suggest that you evaluate that. Um, and item number two, 5B. Uh, I'm sorry, it's five. I think it says it applies to two or more, I mean, five D, yeah. Ground floor of any building that has two or more stories must be distinguished from upper floor. I wonder if it's two stories or um, more than two stories rather than two or more stories because this is a multifamily application and mixed-use application when you have two stories and you try to have a ground floor articulation I want to make sure we avoid that equal equal then then it, you don't have the higher 
a heavier base and then a lighter top. So that may mean some wordsmithing. Um, I agree with the board member T's comment about the architectural grade plywood. There are other um, cementitious panel like hardy panel or certainty that does the bore and batten where the bore is a cementitious um, uh, panel. So I would recommend um, reviewing the verbiage of that. 7G mentioned something about aluminum siding. Um, last week we saw a wood light material. It was actually aluminum siding. So, but it's a very good product, the long board. Uh, it looks, we, we've seen examples of how it's being installed. I would say that should be allowed. So be a little more explicit on aluminum siding. What are we excluding? What are we not allowing? Because obviously long board was approved last week. So I will um, uh, ask you to reconsider that. Um, and the comments on the boring pattern as well as aluminum siding applies to both the multifamily and the single family because it was referenced in two locations. Um, comment on item number 10C, number two, um, regarding the floor to floor of height. I think you mean to the from the top of the floor joist to the bottom of the ceiling joist. That was not clear. I think it's important to add the top and bottom to that language so that we know where that's measured. That's on page 25, the new first floor. The height of the new first floor as measured from the top of floor joist to the bottom of ceiling joist then that would clear that. Um, I agree with Board Member Teek's comment about we should allow bungalows to be elevated as well. And I agree, with, um, I would ask us to reconsider the unilateral prohibition of not having access to the second floor. Um, I know by allowing that it opens up a kind of, kind of how do you do objective dis, um, standard, yes? What if we did it such that if they raise the building more than half of the height of the first, of the existing floor, then they have to relocate it? That's a good compromise, I can accept that, yeah. Because at some point, if you're just raising a little bit, you should still be able to, but when if you raise more then, I agree with that. Those are my comments. And I, I want to say that I appreciate um, Mr. Buckley for pointing out some of the discrepancies. So we do need to address that. I want to specifically address your comments about um, guideline number four by continuing horizontal lines from neighborhood building, neighboring buildings. I, per, I cannot support that because it, neighbor buildings may be different aesthetic styles or different um, purpose and different use and by mandating that, that would be too onerous. So with that said, um, we do have a, uh, we need to take a motion on this. I make a motion to um, implement the design standards as modified by the description of President Ruiz uh, uh, and myself. Alan, do you need us to go through those or are you gonna read them back to us? I think I have them captured. Um, again, uh, some of the suggestions were clarification mm -hmm. items, things that staff would be doing anyway. Um, and I could kind of quickly summarize them. I think there's some formatting on page one in the paragraph with applicability. Just bear with me. I'm, I wrote notes on the um, on page two, basically saying all earlier adopted. Right. 
adopted versions, clarifying which the versions basically. Um, I see a note about aluminum siding, clarifying what types of aluminum siding is uh, permitted or not. And I think on the Wrap B project we saw recently, uh, they had an example of, of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other was um, on the balconies, basically balconies. Well, that's a, that if moving forward, staff finds uh, common balconies and that these objective design standards are causing problems for that, they should bring it back to the board to say, hey, we are finding that it's not just individual. Uh, it should be limited to individual or we should add additional standards for common balconies. But I'm not suggesting we make a change at this time because I don't know which would impact the development and I don't want to impact development. That's, that's the goal. Okay. I my recommendation is to just put in private get balconies because when you have quote unquote common I, balconies issue is usually referred as I, I can fully support saying because that's the intent individual so uh, individual unit balconies that, that was the staff intent. proposal I would make okay individual balconies uh, you probably want to say individual unit balconies because mm -hmm. individual balconies is kind of like okay. Yes, agreed. Uh, page 12 on the vertical articulation, the suggestion was that uh, the language under 5D should say the ground floor of any building that has uh, more than two stories must be distinguished from upper floors by in incorporating at least one of the following elements. And again, the design intent here is just that on a multi-story building, we want to have a strong base. Right. The idea wasn't to say, hey, if you have a two-story building, you differentiate the base. So, so it should be more than two it stories. It should be more than two stories. Mm -hmm. uh, page 15, under uh, applicability, there's an extra word project. Thank you, um, Board Member Teague, for catching that. Um, and page 18, this is related to massing on the upper stories. Uh, we're striking first story and replacing that with uh, any recess porch on the next lower level. Thank you. And on that same page, we're going to clarify um, the types of aluminum siding that are allowed or excluded. And then finally, on the section about raising buildings, we will, um, uh, under, under 10C, number two, the height of the new first floor is measured from the top of floor joists to the bottom of the ceiling joists. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're gonna add those words. And then in addition, that um, for bungalows, if they are raised above half the height of the floor, then um, they're required to lower the entrance to the first floor. And I think those were all the edits. Um, page 23, we changed plywood to material. Oh, that's right, plywood to material. And then on page 21, I, I don't actually see an implementation of the second principal paragraph. Where do I, that's where I'm like, uh, I don't see it implemented anywhere. So then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because I, I am questioning whether we should have that or not. Is is it listed somewhere there? David, do you, can you find it? On page 21, we're talking about if someone completely changed the architecture of the existing house from something older, that they have to use the older architectural elements on the new building. Yeah, and that's actually in conflict with our guide to residential design, which acknowledges that some buildings might be, might have gone through a whole evolution and be redesigned, and so any new modifications should reflect the new design. I would recommend striking that paragraph out. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll remove that second paragraph and their principles on page 21. And yeah, and please note that the um, board and baton reference is in two locations. Yes. Okay, so, so, we so moved. 
We have okay. We have a motion and right. Didn't you? I'll second it. Oh. Okay, board member. We have a motion and a second. Um, uh, board member, uh, President Reeves, may I, may staff just make a couple comments? Yes. Um, um, before you vote. So, number one, I want to um, address a point made by uh, Speaker Buckley about um, during the housing element process and how staff pointed to certain setbacks or something in the design guidelines. Um, I want to just remind everybody in the zoning amendments that council had passed along with the housing element update staff did put into the zoning code and for example webster street if the buildings were above 40 feet that there would be a 15-foot setback so some of those provisions were implemented into the zoning code so i just wanted to um, um, point that out and then the other thing is um, after tonight should the board vote to adopt the standards um, staff still has more work on formatting adding graphics and um, we, we also want to uh, format this document so that it is very user-friendly. Um, and so that's something that we will do at the staff level. And when we are done, we're, we'll be very happy to share that with you. But um, after tonight, we're not planning to bring back future versions for um, edits unless there are substantive changes. So I just want the board to understand what, what your action means tonight. But once, once you've adopted, if a project comes in tomorrow, we'll be, sh we'll be showing them these standards. Okay, so. understood. Okay, now that's a, um, we can call vote right now. Correct. Okay, all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, motion passes. Thank you. Okay. Let's move on to agenda item 5B. Do, does staff have a presentation? Yes, uh, Brian McGuire has a staff, uh, staff presentation on this rezoning item. Okay, good evening, President Ruiz and members of the Planning Board. My name's Brian McGuire, Planner 2 with the Planning Building Transportation Department. Um, we're here tonight with what is staff used as essentially as a cleanup item. Um, it's a conformance rezoning of 1715 Lincoln Avenue. Um, tonight we're asking the planning board to adopt a resolution recommending the city council amend the zoning map to rezone the property from C1 neighborhood business district to R5 residential district. The property was originally developed, you can see it here, um, on Lincoln Avenue between Grand Street and Minturn. Um, it was originally developed as a single family home. Um, it's across the street from the historic uh, Grand Station uh, train stop that ran down Lincoln. Um, so you can see here um, in the 1950s, it, there's a small front addition that was added when the, the use seemed to switch from a dwelling to more of a commercial space as part of that commercial district. Um, try this. Can I get the next slide, David? And thank you. Um, because I like old maps, you get to see a couple pieces here. Um, on the left, you have the 1948 Sanborn insurance map, which shows um, the building marked as a dwelling, and this is before the front addition um, for the commercial was added. You have a, a piece of our original 1958 zoning map that shows it in the C1 district on the edge of, uh, you know, the residential surrounding it to the east. Um, today's zoning map you can see here in pink um, snuck in there is uh, showing it still as C1 um, neighborhood commercial, which it's been since um, the 1958 map was adopted. Our recently adopted, I think we can still call it recent, um, Alameda 2040 general plan designates the property as medium density residential. Um, the colors are a little off um, between the legend and the base map, but you can see here um, the property on the edge of that um, mixed use, neighborhood mixed use district um, to the west and to the south. A um, couple of images of the surrounding properties. This is the, these are the commercial properties within the district. Um, on the top is to the west, and across the street is the 
um, rest of the C1 properties in the district. Um, and then you can see here to the east and to the north, it's surrounded by more of a single family or residential character in the R5 district. Um, the three houses in the at the corner in the in the upper photo here were actually part of the same original parcel that was developed together as single family homes in 1940. Um, and to us, to, to in the zoning code, C1 zoning means ground floor retail, um, and that has some some implications. So. Um, Retail, not in a compatible use with the general plan designation that it has now of medium density residential. A um, Couple other items. The property has a lot of deferred maintenance. Um, it's been vacant for well over a decade. Um, and I think you'll see, you know, it needs a new roof. It needs um, all new electrical and more. Um, and the retail use, um, essentially equals a public accommodation, right? So you need to have, be able to accommodate anybody. And that has implications um, with modern ADA accessibility codes um, and things like that, which staff is, uh, understands is a big challenge for this pro property as it's configured now um, to function uh, well as a, as a retail use and why it's sat vacant for so long. Don't have to explain the housing shortage to this group. Um, we're supposed to be approving 669 new building permits for residential each year as part of our um, housing needs allocation. Um, you know, we've approved 45 as of July 1st. Um, this is a single unit, every unit counts, but we do believe um, that, and the, you know, applicant feels that, and staff agrees that uh, rezoning the property will enable them to make significant reinvestment into the property, which has been vacant and most, you know, blighted for, for a long time. Um, add some economic benefits to the community and provide, you know, another unit of housing or even a home ownership opportunity um, in our existing neighborhood. Um, just want to note that there, um, under either zoning classification, whether the current C1 or the future um, staff recommends R5 residential, um, aspects of the property are going to have legal non-conforming elements to them. Um, the the home was the property was developed before we adopted current setback and, and zoning requirements. Um, it does mean that with this small lot and the configuration that there's limited ability for um, the property, the building to be expanded um, under um, either zoning code. But if it you know goes to become a residence, um, there's some limitations in terms of any new building envelope would need to meet current development standards. Um, sort of what you see is what you get, I think is the phrase that, that applies here. Um, but do want to sort of acknowledge that repair or reconstruction of the existing um, building is permitted under our non-conforming rules. Um, with that, we're recommending that you hold a public hearing and adopt a resolution recommending City Council amend the zoning map for 1715 Lincoln from C1 to R5. Um, the applicant, I believe, is here on Zoom, and uh, he had expressed an interest in presenting as well, and uh, staff's available to answer any questions. Um, that's a let, do we have specific questions for staff before we move into the applicant's presentation? I, I, can ask before or I can ask before or after. Why don't we hold our questions, because then the applicant's presentation may answer some questions. So. Thank you. So the applicant is Mark Herzman. He's here. And if you would like to um, present or, or speak, now is your turn.
think the applicant needs to unmute. Um, I just lost signal to my James. Um, I just lost signal. Yeah, me too. Well, it turned off. Yes, we can yes. see video now. Thank you. Mr. Herzman, we, please yeah. unmute. Um, it looks like he, he's muted from our end. No, we still cannot hear you. Muted. Might need to connect on the audio his side. I sometimes in the are are you is your audio connected? He says yes. Did he get calling the phone number? Do we have the ability for him to call in? Yes, there's a Zoom phone number to call in. Uh, James upstairs, would you know why we're not getting audio? Okay, Mr. Herzman, the suggestion from staff is to make sure that on your PC or or your computer to select the proper audio output or input. Also, um, the, I always hear the clerk reminding folks to make sure that you are on the latest version of Zoom. There was an update today? Okay, there was an update today. It still says it's muted. President Ruiz, can I ask my one question? Yes. Uh, Brian, is this property under the transit overlay? This property would fall within the the transit res, transit waiver provisions uh, that we adopted. Yeah, Thank technically you. not an overlay district, but yes. And just to be clear, that the that provision would allow. It's a density and height limit provision, but does not um, have setback implications in the in the in the way the provision was written. So those would still apply. Mark, are you able to call him from a phone? No. May I ask a question of the chair? Yes. Um, Madam President, is there anything that the applicant can add to the presentation made by staff that would would improve our decision on this? And it seems it's pretty logical that the path to take on this, and and we're sitting here waiting I know. to oh. hear to hear frosting on a cake that tastes pretty good. So you know, I don't I don't know. Mr. McGuire, do you have the applicant's presentation? Do you know the gist of it? I don't have it. I think they they would essentially just be making the, the their their particular case for why this is a good idea. But um, if if it's you know someone needs that information to help 
so get them to yes, then, Mark, then it might be I, worth figuring this out. Thank you, Mr. McGuire. Um, in the interest, I want to be respectful for everyone's time. Um, do you think you can solve the, are you making any progress on solving the audio issue? No, that's no. Okay, so uh, I think we're gonna proceed. I cannot read your lips more than <laughs> no. So with that said, um, let's open up for public comments. Do we have, have any speakers list? Uh, no, we don't. Okay, then uh, now let's move on to board comments. Do, board member T. Uh, thank you, staff, applicant. Uh, when we did the the zoning map for the housing element and updating the general plan. I, I cannot remember whether we discussed this specific parcel or not, uh, but it did end up in the map as specified. Looking at the historical reference for it and it, its lack of continuity with the rest of the commercial district, it seems to make perfect sense to recommend to the city council that we rezone this one parcel. Um, plus it d potentially could help in terms of our housing. Um, but you know, f that is based on the, the location, the configuration, the historical record, not based on the current deferred maintenance situation, which is not a factor in deciding rezoning um, but I am fully supportive recommending rezoning this as uh, specified in our resolution. Thank you. Any other board comments? Board Member Curtis. I, I can support this, but I just want to compliment um, Brian. It was a good presentation. Thank you. Any other board comments? Do we have a motion? I'll move to approve. Can you speak closer to oh, that? I'll move to approve. Do we have a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Herzman. And thank you, Mr. McGuire. Okay, now let's move on to agenda item six. Um, staff communication, the 6A. Um, does any board member would like to call any of the decisions to review? Seeing none, moving on to 6B, or reports. Yes, thank you, President Ruiz, members of the planning board. Um, Alan Tai, acting director of planning, building, transportation. Um, August is recess, so enjoy your summer next month, um, as do all the other boards and commissions in the city. Um, we will likely reconvene um, in September. Um, we have on deck for you um, uh, annual reports on development agreements. So that's something we're working on. Um, we may also have an opportunity to bring you a uh, new uh, office building project in Marina Village. And that's, that's still in the works. And then um, heading into the fall on our work plan, um, we also have uh, the update to the subdivision ordinance, as well as um, some other cleanups to the zoning code. And then following that, we plan to um, kickstart work on an update to the city's inclusionary housing ordinance. So that's sort of the game plan that we have teed up. Um, currently, we don't have a lot of major development coming in. We had um, the RAPI project for Alameda Marina come in at the last meeting, but. Uh, other than that, not not too many um, development applications at this time, other than the smaller residential current planning. So that's sort of the status um, update. Madam President, may I ask a question? Yes. Are the, what, what, what is anything going on with the um, hotel applications and Harbor Bay, I, on, on Harbor Bay and that are they dead or are they Moving along. Uh, no, the so uh, if the board remember there, you approved the hotel project. It's a uh, Hilton Garden Inn um, at uh, at Harbor Bay and um, right at the entrance of the right. of the of the business park. That project is going through uh, building plan review, and in fact, I think there are meetings coming up with city staff to try to keep that project moving. So, yes, that that I think. W 
I think that developer has the project fully funded um, and has been all along wanting to move forward, even with the pandemic. Terrific, thank you. Thank you. Um, now let's move on to board communications. Do we have any board communications? Um, I just want to say it's been a pleasure ser serving as your president and enjoy the summer, and I look forward to seeing everyone after summer as a regular board member. And um, now let's move on to item number eight, um, non-agenda public comments. Do we have any speakers? Uh, no, we don't. Okay. With that said, thank you, everyone. Meeting is adjourned. Thank you, planning board. <laughs>